What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Red Blacks Unfiltered. This is the podcast where you can hear candid conversations with your favorite Red Blacks players. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. And before we jump into today's conversation with Kevin Brown, there's a couple things that we need to go over first. Number one, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more it helps new people find this show. And if you're one of those people that have recently found this show, welcome. We're very excited to have you here. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. We put up brand new interviews every single Monday at 12 p.m. Unless you're listening to this one when we release it, because this one came out on Tuesday at 12 p.m. due to yesterday's national holiday. But now, without further ado, I present to you Kevin Brown Unfiltered. Kevin Brown, welcome to Red Blacks Unfiltered. How are you doing today? Good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Thank you for asking. And where I want to start today's podcast, I want to go back, all the way back to the beginning. So you were born in Indianapolis, Indiana, correct? Sure. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about your childhood growing up? I mean, being from Indiana, I know that basketball was one of your main sports growing up. Can you talk to me about that a little bit? Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, I really been playing basketball since I was three, three years old. So, uh, in organized leagues at that. So, I mean, it was just a big part of my life growing up. Uh, my pops didn't really play, but you know, uh, like you said, just Indianapolis, the culture is just it's a big basketball culture. So, uh, I mean, it's it's all I I see. You know, you see the guys coming from the NBA. You know, coming back having camps, Larry Bird camps and Reggie Miller. It's just, you know, it's a big basketball presence. So, you know, all the way up to my uh, sophomore year in high school, that was basically what I committed myself to. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really live a, you know, a hard life. You know, I didn't have, you know, the, you know, the, the story coming from poverty. I mean, that was my pop story. You know, so. Uh, my pops worked hard to get us, you know, get himself out that environment. And um, I pretty much grew up in a, you know, nice neighborhood out in uh east side of Indianapolis called Lawrence. And, uh, yeah, man, mom and dad, mom and dad both, you know, in the house. Uh, my little sister was with me, grew up in the church, too. So used to go to church every Sundays. You know, life in Indy was, you know, mostly basketball, church, and school. That's pretty much, that was my, I was, I was cycling between those three. Mm-hmm. And early on, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't like the biggest football fan, especially after, I believe when you were 12 years old, you played for the first time, but you got hurt and missed basketball season. So you were kind of sworn off football for a little bit, correct? How do you know all that? <laughs> I, do, I do my research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, I was... Football was my dad's thing, really. Um, I, I feel like we just uh, we just a big sports family. I mean, they from baseball, basketball, football, soccer, like just it's just a big sports family. And I didn't really get. I wouldn't even say I really fell in love with the game until I was probably a, a maybe a freshman, maybe my freshman year of college. Um, I feel like it was just something I was. I was good at, pretty natural at. I mean, especially coming from basketball, when you're expected to play, you know, the aspect of the game is offense and defense. 
So when you simplify it to just defense, it just it just was natural for me. But yeah, man, I ain't really have an interest like that in football coming up, other than playing yeah. Madden. I like playing Madden, <laughs> but I ain't really watch it at all. I, I mm-hmm. still. I still to this day probably don't watch it as much as I should, but and then and then you ended up like so. I mean, Grant, so you had that injury when you were twelve and you stopped playing football, but it was in high school and you didn't really start playing till your junior year, right? Like I know you played basketball a little bit, but it was when you got cut from basketball. You're still doing long jump and track and field, but what convinced you to finally start playing football again? Uh, it's, it's crazy. My, uh, it's actually it's crazy. <laughs> we was at a, uh, it was like a family. We was having like a cookout and my aunts, both my aunts, my dad, my mom, like all ganged up on me at the same time. They were like, so like, what you going to do? I mean, how you going to get college paid for it? How, how you going to do this? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to get an academic scholarship. And they was like, what? They was like, why don't you just play football? And um, I remember my aunt called me soft and it was, it was over after that. You know, <laughs> I feel like they were just trying to poke and prod at me to just, you know, keep keep pursuing something, you know, other than academics, not only for the simple fact that applying for colleges, like they like to see well-rounded people, but just for the fact that I feel like they knew like the history of our family, like the athleticism, like they just didn't want it to go to waste. So they, they talked me into it. That's crazy. So then talk to me about going like, what was when you first started playing football again when you were a junior? Like, what was the learning curve like for you at that point? Or were you able to kind of rely on your athleticism enough to where it was a pretty easy transition? Oh, oh, it was, it was, it was not the smoothest transition at all. Uh, I feel like the most natural part was running and hitting. But the good part about it is, you know, that's the base of football, running and hitting. So that came natural. But really, like the X's and O's, you know, in high school, it's not too complicated, but, um, like I just remember, you know, my first day and the defense coordinator sitting me down and explaining to me cover two and me not understanding it at all. Like, like just if you just think about the basic concept of cover two, like the holes in the defense, the responsibilities of everyone, the position names, like I had no clue, like with the the Mac and this and that and I'm like, oh like, I can just remember the terminology he's throwing at me, he's like he could just see like my head was spinning. So he was like, look, don't let anybody deep. <laughs> like, don't let anybody beat you deep. And I'm like, okay, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had really good teammates. You know, everyone around me was a senior because I was a junior. It was my first year. But, you know, I ended up getting thrown into the fire, like third game into the season from JV. So, you know, those guys took me under their wing. And, um, you know, I-, I can remember like being in the games. I mean, playoff games you know, critical moments. And uh, those guys are telling me what to do on the field. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're telling me, you know, Oh, we got this, but AKB, make sure you got, you know, if, if he goes out, take the dig, if he goes very taking, like they're, they're really all communicating with me specifically because, you know, I just, I didn't really have that football IQ. Mm-hmm. And there's one specific guy I wanted to ask about on your team in high school, and that's Trey Roberson. He was your quarterback, right? When you were in high school, I mean, he's a, he's a corner now, but he was a quarterback in high school. Yep. What were, what are some things you learned from him? Maybe not even in high school, but I believe like you've said that attributed part of the, your success is to watching him transition from QB to corner. Like what are some things you've learned from Trey over the years? Well, I mean, I feel like that was, that was kind of just now. Just looking back, like, 
always trying to look for ways to improve um, on your game and just seeing his his success. I'm, I'm sure it has to have like I mean, being a quarterback, you have to know what every position does, like every coverage. You have to know routes, route concepts, you know, what the holes in the defense. So I'm pretty sure that's helped him, you know, in that transition. So I just kind of was thinking that way, you know, looking at the game from the quarterback's perspective. But, you know, the main thing I learned from him in high school, I would say, was just going through that process of being recruited and, you know, learning from his mistakes. And I remember reaching out to him, you know, when he went to Indiana, when he finally committed there. And um, when they had offered me, like, asking him if I should go there, you know, just, you know, having that. Because uh, before him, I don't think there was a lot of – I don't I don't remember anybody off the top of my head that went Division One. We had some guys play uh, Moorhead State, but I, I don't think that's double-A. And we had a couple D2 guys, but – you know, watching Trey, you know, his success being Mr. Football and um, his recruitment and, um, you know, things the head coach even learned from from that process because uh, I'm pretty sure that was his first, like, big coaching job, you know. So that helped him with, with me and uh, the other guy, Wes Rogers, that was getting recruited too out of, out of my high school. You know, so he was really just the pioneer for, like, you know, year after year after year after he went to, to college, you know, we had more and more kids going D1, even to this day. I mean, we got guys at Northern Illinois, Cincinnati, you know, they're, they're all over. So really just that recruitment, that, that that process, you just started all that. And when did, like, when did the process start for you personally? Like, obviously starting as a junior, that's, that leaves you two years to impress these colleges and get signed. I know at one point you were in the Associated Press first team class 5A All-State at DB, but when did, when did like, teams really start approaching you? Uh, I feel like they started approaching me more after I started um, the circuit like the circuit that they do, those camps, junior days and, you know, all that stuff. Because the, the primary focus, you know, um, my DB coach at the time was uh, Desmond Cooksey, you know, really close family friend of mine who uh, my dad at the time was the principal also at, at my high school. So we were all kind of working together. And like, you know, my dad's pushing him, asking questions, you know, how can we speed this process up? You know, he's like, we just got to get him in front of coaches and, just, you know, let him see him because he hasn't even been, you know, on anyone's radar. So going to these camps, junior days, you know, seeing the colleges, talking, shaking hands, you know, I mean, when they look at you, you're 6'1", 195, playing safety as a junior, you know. I honestly didn't see, you know, what they saw, but um, I guess it was kind of like a, if they see your size, your potential, then maybe we can persuade them enough to, you know, take a chance on you. And, um, I mean, I got a couple of MAC offers, um, you know, Ball State, Western Michigan. Like, I remember Western Michigan was my first one, and it was a long time before I got another one. But as soon as I got my second one, you know, the whole MAC offered me, like, all at once. So it was like then as soon as the – um that circuit ended, and I had like all these MAC offers. Um, Wisconsin and Wisconsin, Cincinnati, and Indiana seemed to be like the the biggest schools that were interested in me. Like 
doing all the circuits and camps. So I went down to one of the camps in Cincinnati right before the season started. I think we had a 7-on-7 tournament, too, down there. They offered me there. Indiana offered me at the 7-on-7 tournament. And then Wisconsin just, you know, that was where I wanted to go, but they just never really, you know, they were dragging their feet, really. And just like anything, they're really, you know, at the time I didn't really know that, but my dad and my uh, coach let me know, like, if people are dragging their feet, like, you're not high on their list. So it's just you kind of like setting yourself up, not for failure, but just setting yourself up to try to, like, it's just a harder path, you know, rather than going somewhere where they value you. And, you know, they see the potential right away, you know, even when no one else did. So Cincinnati from day one, even though they they didn't offer me day one, they were on me day one. So, you know, after I did full circle, you know, did my research on everywhere, I felt like that was just the best place for me. Why was it the best place for you? Because obviously Indiana, like you said, offered you as well, and they were closer to home. So what was it about Cincinnati that made it worthwhile moving away from home and going to play there? Uh, really, it was. Um, I'll tell you what. I was pretty. I mean, this just all goes back to you know, you know my my adolescence in the game. Like I, I really like. I remember the biggest things I was looking at were did they have the major I wanted, which at the time was biomedical engineering. So did they have the major I was looking at? Did they have nice jerseys? And did they have? <laughs> Did they play uh, in a big stadium? So, like, those were the three things that I was looking for, like, in all the schools I was looking at. And so Cincinnati checked all those boxes. And then it was like, I didn't really want to stay home. But Cincinnati is, like, not that far from home. It's like an hour and 45. So I can go home. But I'm out of state. So it's not like my parents or my family can just, you know, like, I'm I'm not too far away. They can still come see watch me play, but okay. I still get the out of state, you know, experience. You know, not being home, different kids like all these kids are from Cleveland, Dayton, Columbus, Cincy, you know, just different parts of Ohio, Youngstown. You know, it's just like a dem- different demographic, you know, than it would be staying home and going going to school with most of the kids that I grew up with or knew, or you know somebody I know. You know, just kind of broadening my horizon, I guess. Okay. And talk to me a little bit more about what did you say biomedical engineering? Was that what major you wanted? Yeah, that's what major I wanted, but uh yeah, that did not work out the way I was no. I intended it to. That was way too what much ha- work. Oh really? So what did you end up taking? What was your major then in the end? Shoot, I wanted to switch to nursing, but with the co op, a lot of stuff just had to do with the scheduling, the football scheduling. And um I ended up choosing health health promotion. So the people who like during this crisis, like working at the World Health, sorry, the World Health Organization, you know, different organizations like that that just, you know, they uh, do research on, you know, the spread of disease, and they they're the ones I'm pretty sure who like declared a state like a pandemic, you know, and all that. So yeah, I mean, I ended up doing that. Just, I mean, it was something health oriented, and. Man, it wasn't too much math. The math, the calculus was just, it was, it was way too much. It was way too much on top of what I was already asked to do, like from a physical standpoint with, with playing football, it was way too much. 
when you say like a physical standpoint, can you like run us through what your schedule looked like? And I also know, so on top of having to, when you moved out of state, now you're adapting to this new crazy schedule and you switch positions, right? You went from DB to linebacker in college? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much, you know, during the season, you know, I had all my classes in the morning. I mean, it might be one or two. Also, the major I ended up switching to, you know, it was a lot of online online classes. So, I mean, for the most part, I mean, later on in my in my college career, junior, senior year, uh, I wouldn't even leave my house, my apartment, until it was time to go to practice around like 12, 1230, get, grab something to eat, go to practice from like 1 to, you know, 5. And when I say practice, I mean, that includes meetings, all that stuff. So, you know, I'm here for like 1, one to 5, 30, 6, you know, another meeting after that, food, and I'm back home by like 8. And um, yeah, I mean the position change. It was it was crazy, but every school that was offering me besides Cincinnati, that's also a reason I, I went there. And I was recruited by Bush Jones, who uh, ended up going to Tennessee, and I think he was just at Alabama last season or year before that. But you know when he was recruiting me, he they were they were recruiting me as a safety, but everywhere else was recruiting me. All other thirteen offers. All the other 13 schools wanted me to play uh, Sam linebacker or Will. So in my mind, I'm like, I ain't no linebacker. Like, I know how I play. I know I know who I am. Like, I'm a safety. You know? So obviously the game was in the process of transition to, like, a pass-first, you know, game. Like, let's, you know, eye formation, you know, single back, handing it off, you know, a whole bunch of times a game. Like, they're spreading you out. and and trying to throw the ball and dink and dunk down the field. So I didn't really see that, understand that at the time. In my mind, I'm like, I'm supposed to be guarding receivers. Like, I'm not supposed to be in the box. You know, with offensive linemen, tackling running backs? No, that's not what I do. But then again, it goes back to my adolescence in the game. Like, how am I supposed to know? But, you know, eventually Bush Jones moved on after my freshman year, and um, the new coach came in, Tommy Tuberville. You know, he brought me in his office, and he let me know after spring ball, like, we we switching you to to uh, nickel, which is basically Sam, but it's still they still it's like the it's like the Sam linebacker in the CFL basically. It's like a nickel, but okay. they still meet with the with the DBs even though they technically a linebacker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I took it. I kind of took it as disrespect almost. Like I wanted to transfer. Like I was like this man is disrespecting me. Like. I'm athletic enough. Like I was a true freshman, so I'm like, come on now. Like I was, I'm on the field. Like, but um, you know, he was just telling me. I mean, even he told me he was just like the way the game's going. He just felt like I would be a good uh, linebacker. Who knows if he had my best interests in mind, or if he was just doing what he had to do to you know get me out the way to get his guys in. Who knows? You know, I'm not up uh, speculating about none of that. But you know, it happened. I'm playing linebacker now professionally so i mean it must have been something to it mm-hmm. i mean yeah i guess it worked out in the long run uh, yeah. and there's one one guy correct me if i'm wrong but did you play with travis kelsey at all when he was at cincinnati i did yeah what are some things you learned from that guy uh really man just his story in general is just you know coming in at quarterback like obviously i just i saw the finished product like his collegiate finished product 
because uh, he was a senior when I got there. So, but just you know, hearing his story and you know how he started off as a quarterback, I'm pretty sure him and Bush Jones didn't get along at first. Like they put him off the team, and it was just you know a whole bunch of stuff. And then to see him like he bought out his senior year, like you know we won it, we won the conference championship, we won um, the bowl game. He gets drafted third round, like you know, just from where he came from. And uh, going against him every day, I mean, the man's a, a beast. He's just, you know, a super athletic, big body who can who can he can do everything. Like they used to have, um, you know, we used to come in after games, and uh, Coach Jones would put up. I think it was called the. Uh, I don't necessarily remember what it was called, but it was basically like effort plays, like you know, people doing like the plays you don't necessarily see. You know, you see the touchdowns, you see the big runs, you see. But you don't necessarily see the guys, you know, in the trenches doing the dirty work. And, I mean, he is pancaking two guys, you know, blocking a guy, going upfield, cutting the safety to get the big runs. Like, like he's just balling. Like, doing things I've never seen. <laughs> of course, in my at the time, it was, what, my third year playing. So I had never seen anything like that. I mean, it was a lot of guys there that were super talented. Like, you know, college opened my eyes to, like, okay, you are not as good as you think you are. <laughs> like you got a long way to go, buddy. Mm. But and you mentioned there too when you were talking that you guys that in, that, in your uh, your freshman year you won the conference and you won the bowl game. That was the Belk Bowl in Carolina, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that game. You guys played. Did you play Duke in that game? Yeah, we played Duke. Won yeah. our last you- second touchdown. I mean, I didn't really play that much that game, but it was a back and forth. And then uh, I think they they got up on us, maybe a score and a field goal or two touchdowns. And then we ended up winning on the last second touchdown to Travis. That was it. That's crazy. That must have been a pretty cool feeling, though, to win on like a walk-off touchdown. Oh, it was. It was great. And correct me if I'm wrong, did you you etch your initials into the locker room somewhere? I did. They had in the the, uh, Panther Stadium in a way – uh, the away locker room, they had a whole bunch of players, like past, present. They like It was like a little space. Like, I guess everyone signed their initials or their name, their signature uh, in the wall. Like, it was so many, so many signatures. So we all did it, too. So, every, I mean, I don't think everyone did it, but it was a good number of people that, you know, you had to mark your territory, you know, up there with the greats. And then fast forward, so that was your freshman year, but fast forward to the end of your college football career, you weren't really considering pro, right? Like you were kind of thinking of quitting football, but then it was your dad convinced you to kind of pursue the pro route? Yeah, I was, you know, because I went into my senior year, even, you know, I was a backup going into my senior year, but the guy that was in front of me ended up getting put off the team, you know, for some, some BS, but, you know, it happened. And uh, they threw me into the starting lineup, you know, at middle linebacker. You know, I was at will, so they put me at Mike. So I went into, like, the first three games playing middle linebacker. I had, I never you – know, that was totally new for me. I, I had been playing will or out of the box. So, I mean, I played so many positions, man. I played, like, every position besides uh, defensive end and, and D-tackle. I mean, from corner, safety, nickel, Sam, will, Mike. Now, literally in my – but from my junior year of high school to my senior year of college, I played like six different positions. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of, um, you know, some new, 
and I was trying to learn on the fly. Like we're literally playing games, like, and I'm, you know, these I'm getting my experience, you know, in the game of playing the position. So, you know, eventually they, you know, they they thought, you know, they went in a different direction. You know, after the third, third or fourth game, they decided to start one of the freshmen to uh, at middle linebacker just because, you know, they recruited him to play that position and they probably felt it was in their best interest to invest in the future. You know, I completely understand. Um, you know, I was I was uptight about it. But just like, man, I always look at the glass, you know, half full rather than half empty. So I always took the positive out of it. You know, I was able to go back to my original position. Um Rotating with Eric Wilson, who's in the NFL right now, he's been in there for the last three years. You know, um, you know, I got to learn, watch him play, and you know, a guy who 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 was in a similar position as me, you know, coming from playing safety, and um, just a really good football player. But you know, I I just you know, I can remember maybe six or seven games into the season, halfway through, I'm just like, I mean, I'm fine with hanging up the cleats after this and just you know getting a job, um, you know, living in Cincinnati and just, you know, cooling out. I mean, just just being a normal guy. But um, it just didn't happen like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, God had different plans for me. So I ended up doing something, you know, I, I never would have dreamed or thought I would be doing, just playing pro football. But so, like, what did your dad say then that convinced you to really – take the professional option seriously? No, just that uh, a lot of the things I went through in, in my career, in my in college, you know, that had killed my confidence was just, he said a lot of those things were either political or, you know, just inexperienced. And he was just like, he thinks that if I keep going and uh, learn the position and just keep getting better at it, he just thought that I would be able to, you know, keep getting better. He's like, uh, the CFL is basically, I mean, a league that's been around for a long time. Uh, the linebackers there are pretty athletic. Like, they like athletic linebackers. So he was just saying, he basically told me flat out, if I was a bum and if I, he thought I couldn't play, he would tell me, he would be the first to tell me. He said he would have had no problem telling me that. And I believe him because he's he always keeps it a hundred percent with me all the time, and um, so I knew when he was telling me I could still play. You know that that not that that unconfident guy. You know, kind of got a little confidence. You know, I got a little bit, just enough to uh, you know start training again, and you know find a trainer, start working out, uh, reach out to some teams with my film, and uh, eventually I got a workout in Toronto while I was there visiting my girlfriend's family. And, um, you know, I went out there. They asked me to – they were in the middle of training camp, actually. And um, I came out there and did a workout for them while they were at training camp. And as soon as training camp ended, they signed me before the first game and cut me right after the first game. But I was just excited to have them sign that contract, you know, just because a year earlier I was – you know, I was telling myself, you know, I was done with football. I didn't see a future in it, but somehow, you know, that that opportunity led to the Ottawa opportunity. And, um, you know, Jeremy Schneider and uh, P.Y., um, just getting in contact with my agent or 
my agent at the time, who was my family friend, uh, Cooksey, who I was telling you about earlier, who was helping me with my college recruitment. He was kind of uh, sending my film out there, talking to guys, giving me opportunities. And um, Jeremy and P.Y. liked me and brought me in, and the rest is history. And so when you made the decision to to go pro, did you just pursue the CFL exclusively, or did you send tape to NFL teams as well, or was it just you were set on the CFL at that point? No, nah, I was just CFL, just mm-hmm. trying to get back on the field, really. I wasn't trying to sit on anybody's practice roster. I wasn't trying to do anything but play and get film at the linebacker position, you know, because, I mean, if we're being honest, I didn't really have any till my senior year because, I mean, up to that point, I was a like a DB or a hybrid linebacker, really, really still a DB up until my, my senior year when they moved me to middle linebacker. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. So what did you, so I know your dad, your dad was talking about how he knew that they like athletic linebackers up in Canada, but did you know much else about Canada as a country, or even the CFL as a league? Like obviously there's some differences between Canadian football and American football with the field and some rules, but did you know a lot of that coming up here? Or was it kind of a bit of culture shock? No, nah, it was culture shock, but football is football. So it's nothing for me to learn. Uh, some rules. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing for me to learn. Okay. I got to be a yard off. All right. Okay, I got to get this. I can't. Okay, that's fine. Like, all right, tell me what I got to do. You know, just adjusting on the fly. Uh, and that's it. I feel like it was, it was, it, it didn't take any time to learn that at all. That's good. And then, so when you ultimately, so you came to Ottawa pretty early in then, right? So you said Toronto cut you after the first regular season game? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, so you mentioned that they didn't want to set anybody's practice roster, but you ultimately started on Ottawa's practice roster for a little bit. What was your mentality at that time, like knowing that you're going to work your way to the active roster? Like, what was it like for that those couple of weeks when you're on the practice roster in Ottawa? It was terrible, but I had Khalil Bass and, and Tank Reed in front of me, and those were two, you know, veteran, good, good linebackers. But in my mind, I just don't think anybody's better than me. You know, I'm, I'm sure every competitor is the same way. I mean, I just, you know, when you're sitting on the side, you just want to contribute, you know. Um, and we were winning games. Well, I think we were 8-9, but, I mean, we were winning games. We were, I think we lost a lot of close games my first year. And so I was just feeling like, man, I just wanted to contribute. You know, you just, I mean, they tell you that you contribute in practice. And, I mean, there's some truth to that, but, you know, you just – as a competitor, you just want to be out there on the field, man. You want to play. And um, mm-hmm. it was hard for me, but it was an adjustment. And I'm glad that it happened because I feel like it just lit a fire in me. You know, I said as soon as I get on the field, like, whether it was rotating in, starting, whatever it was, special teams, like, I was going to make an impact and I was going to show them what I could do. And I feel like I did that. And it just catapulted me into the next year and from there. And so what was your first game and when did you finally get in? Uh, it was like after like the seventh or eighth game, I was just playing special teams and, um, I couldn't tell you exactly what I could look at the schedule, but I don't have it in front of me. I don't really remember the first game, but I just remember I didn't really start. I didn't start at all until the day, the game before the first playoff game and then the actual playoff game. So those were the first two games I started. And I just remember playing in Hamilton. And then getting a sack and just having a few tackles, but just, you know, just feeling good about, you know, making an impact, you know, in the game. Like I said, I was going to do when I got the opportunity. 
And then, so you mentioned how it kind of catapulted you into your second season. Is, are you more like after your first, after your rookie season, are you more comfortable coming into your second year? Cause I know you went off in your second year. You had like 72 total tackles, two sacks and interception that year. Why do you like, what allowed you to kind of have that success in year two? Yeah. I mean, I mean, two of those really, it was three. Cause I should have caught two more. Really. I did catch one more, but it didn't count. I got a, it was a weak penalty. They called on Jay Rose. On, but I came into the next year. I mean, that offseason, I was like tunnel vision. Like, I was so focused, laser focused. And, I mean, you know, just when you get your feet wet, man, it's like it's like you can smell the food and then they let you taste it just a little bit. And then they tell you, all right, you got to wait till next year to, you know, to eat. I'm like, man. So the whole time I'm, I'm preparing myself, you know, I'm making sure I'm ready. I know what I, I know. I can play with these guys, you know, being in the getting the uh, getting the game, you know, you play against the the opponent, um, Hamilton and Sass. I'm like, man, I can play with these guys easily. <laughs> I can play with these guys. So, um, I I was just so confident. Probably the most confident I have ever been playing the game of football going into last year. Well, 2018 going into that season, I was like, look, there's nothing you can tell me. <laughs> there, there's, I ain't gonna say that, but it's just like you can't tell me what I can't do. Like I feel like the sky was the limit. Like I was, I was aiming out to come. I was coming after everybody. And so ultimately, that was the year 2018. Was the year you guys went all the way to the Grey Cup. Obviously, not the result you wanted. But can you talk about that experience a little bit, playing in a championship game at the pro level? Yeah, it was probably the most. Um, I would say the the the, the closest to like the atmosphere of football like and when I say the atmosphere of football just the size of the crowd you know the the pressure on the game like the game means something you know every game you always gotta you know find a way to motivate yourself you know and find meaning in the games I mean it's 18 games it's a lot of it's a long season so you know try to find the you know section off each part of the season to you know come out with a winning record in each each part it's kind of how I look at the game. So, like, playing in a game like of that magnitude, you know, like this is the last game. This is it. You know, all the chips are on the table. This is the two best teams in the league, you know, going at it head-to-head. It just felt like what what football is supposed to feel like, you know, all the time. You know, all the chips on the table. It was, it was live to me, man. I'll never forget that experience because it's almost the exact same as what I said coming out of my first year. You know, that, that hunger – that hunger you have to come back and prove everybody that you can do it again next year. It was almost like being in the great cup and then losing, like getting a taste of being there, but not tasting victory just made it all the, like going into that off season. It was just like, man, like now you done got to the pinnacle of CFL football, which is the great cup. Like that's, that's the whole reason why we play the game is to get to the great cup and win, like have a chance to win. So it was just being in that environment, man. It just was, I mean, it was almost like a drug, like taking a drug, man. It's like, I just want some more. I need more. I need more of that. There's no way I can get, I cannot get back to the Great Cup. Like, we, I have to get back to the Great Cup. Like, I have to. Mm-hmm. And was it after that season or your first season when you went back to your old middle school and got a chance to talk to some kids? No, nah, it was after that season. After that season. What was that experience like to be able to go back to the school, like, when you were 12 years old, that, that probably would around the time where you would have gotten hurt playing football and almost gave up football. And now you have the chance as a pro guy to go back and talk to those kids. Like, what did that mean to you? 
It was cool, man. I know a lot of the, like, I I didn't have anything like that. You know, at that age, anybody come talk to me that was a professional athlete doing something that I wanted to do. Um, even though it's not at the the highest level, you know, it's it's pro football. You know, it's hard to it's hard to get it get your foot in the door in this game and then succeed and be, and do it at a high level. So, you know, just for me, I just wanted to give that um, to those kids, man, just to show them that it was possible for someone, you know, out of Indianapolis where basketball is the primary focus that, you know, there's football, good football players too, man. And, you know, if that's the game you, you want to play, if you have aspirations and dreams to get to that level, you know, it's attainable because I did it and I'm, I was in the same seat you in. So as long as you, you know, I give them the formula, you know, hard work, you know, doing your schoolwork because it don't matter. You can be the best football player in the world, but if you don't got the grades, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to go to college. And if you're not, no one's going to play pro football out of high school. So it's just trying to get them to understand, like it all relates all it's, it all means something, you know, that I can remember being that age and just think, you know, guys say they're going to the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB all the time, but you know, what are you doing to make sure that you you're putting yourself in position that when that opportunity or those opportunities to to get to the next step, to get to that point in your life, are you setting yourself up to, you know, to be ready for those opportunities or are you just only focused on being the best at your sport and not being a complete, you know, human being, an individual like they want, they want good human beings, you know, representing their brand, not just, you know, good, good, good players. Mm. That's some good advice. And I was curious too about last season. Obviously, that season was not not one of the highlights per, like as a team for the franchise three and fifteen. But what are some things you learned about Kevin Brown during that time during a three and fifteen season? Uh, that's a good question. I would say just uh, what did I learn? Maybe just that at the end of the day, I mean, we're playing a game. <laughs> you know, like. We put so much, I mean, so much, so much emotion and hard work. Like, we get so emotional about this game we play because, you know, we put so much time and effort into it. I mean, we spend basically an entire year, either we're training or we're playing, like getting ready, trying to be the best football player we can be, trying to win. And, you know, it just kind of, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, some decent success playing in the CFL. First two years, making the playoffs. And there's players that haven't even touched the Grey Cup or haven't sniffed the playoffs since they've been in the league. So it's just kind of like it brings you back down to earth and, uh, you know, shows you that there's definitely always room for improvement. Um, I mean, this is a game we're playing. You know, when everybody's telling you you're terrible and, you know, uh, we need to change everybody out, you know, we need to replace all the players, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just kind of shows you, like, at the end of the day, this is a game we're playing. And, I mean, sometimes the chips don't fall, you know, in your favor. A lot of times in a row, they might not fall in your favor. But, you know, the ability to, you know, find little things to get yourself motivated. You know, I, I wouldn't say I had to do that since high school, to be honest. I mean, we, I was, we were good in high school. I mean, I went to – we was always – we um, 
we went to state championship my first year ever playing football. So, I mean, I've just had success playing the game. I've never been that bad, ever. So that just kind of like, you know, allowed me to experience that. I, I never want to experience that again, but it's hard to say, like, it's not going to happen because, you know, you never know. You can lay it out there on the line every night, but the chips just might not fall in your favor. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of playing a game. That's true. And I mean, although it wasn't the most, the best season for the team, you personally had another good season. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a couple NFL tryouts this offseason, right? Yeah, I had one with the Bears. How was that? What was that experience like going down to Chicago? It was cool, man. You know, just being in there and, you know, working out with some of the some of the guys, you know, some of the guys I met down there and just getting, you know, the opportunity to show what you can do in front of, you know, the coaches, the GM. It was once again, it was just I mean, it was an opportunity, man, but I mean, nothing came out of this. So, I mean, other than the opportunity, I just feel like I, I just I don't know. It was cool. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I was just curious about that. But like, do you ever think long term and ever think about life after football? I know some guys think once you start planning your retirement, you're going to retire soon. But are you? Do you ever think about what life's going to look like for KB after football? Or are you just focused on the game right now? Oh yeah, I think about that all the time. All the time. I've been thinking about what I was doing after football when I was still playing in college. Like, so I mean, from then from being 22 years old to now, you know, I, I had life without football. And most of the guys in the, in the CFL, excuse me, have had to um, have life without football. You know, they've had to get a job, you know, to make ends meet. You know, if there was like a break in between them playing. And uh, I know just for me, it's just, you know, trying to figure it out while I'm still playing so I don't have to, you know, scramble and try to figure out what I'm going to do. When it's all said and done. What are some things you're thinking of? Like, what are some of your interests outside of football? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure it out, to be honest. I like, I mean, I love the game. I feel like I've learned so much from this game. You know, I got a lot to give back, and I just want to make sure whatever I do, this information, all this information I learned, I just don't want it to, you know, go to the waste. Obviously, it's going to be, it's going to be given to my children. Come on. 100 percent but you know i feel like just you know, there's just so much that i've learned like about life and you know um getting rec- like the recruitment process the uh, going to college um the ups and downs of playing college football the ups and downs of being a pro you know um the different um like i said the different things you just learn from from being in the game like tendencies, all that stuff. Um, just stuff that, you know, when you get to a certain level, you know, you're always trying to get better. So you just pick the brains of of other players who've played way longer than me. And now I just have this plethora of information that I use for my own personal game. But eventually I just feel like if I can help the next person get to, you know, anywhere close to where I am or just, you know, a free college education, that's just the, I just want to be able to, you know, spread that information to to more to more kids, more people, and trying to help as many people as I can, you know, reach their dreams and their goals. I love that, man. And I was gonna to ask too about like what are some things you do 
right now in your spare time? I know you had a camera for a little while. You're doing some photography and videography. Are you still doing that? Or are there some other, other hobbies or stuff you're doing on the side right now? I have never had a camera actually. No? And, um, no, yeah. I haven't, but I mean, I wanted one. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I mean, we're in a media age right now. So we all pretty much grew up like with technology. It it wasn't huge, but you know it was it was it was gaining a lot of steam. So I mean, we living in a technology era, you know, social media. I mean, it it low key runs the world from a whole lot of standpoints: business, marketing. I mean, real estate, you name it. I mean, everybody's got a social media page. You know, everybody's promoting their 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 talents, their, their craft, you know, whatever they do. So, I mean, for the most part, I've just been, I mean, looking in, uh, you know, real estate, trying to get into, you know, owning some, some things, some assets, you know what I mean? Trying to be a big boy, trying to grow up, you know, get to, it's time to stop, you know, wasting money, putting it into, you know, renting things and start, uh, moving towards ownership, you know. Um, it's kind of like I was talking to my dad. It's, it's kind of like uh, I just feel like I've been throwing my money away, man. Like giving it, like giving it away, rather than I feel like when you own, when you own things, it's like you invest your money. Like your money's, it's just going to making you more money. Like or it's going back into my pocket, as I put it. And uh, so I've just been doing. Like, I'm about to go look at houses right now. I got five appointments from one to five thirty. That's why I had to move it up now. Just, you know, I'm, I'm out here just in Atlanta going to look at these houses, playing a lot of video games, man. 2k call of duty. You know, I'm going back and forth from there 24 <laughs> seven. Um, take care of this doggone puppy. He's right while he's asleep right now, but you know, he, he requires a lot of attention and, um, mm-hmm. It's really about it, man. Between those three, um, and trying to make sure my relationships is, is stable with my girlfriend. You know, between those things, I'm pretty much busy. That's good. It's good to be busy, and I won't keep you for much longer, knowing you got these appointments coming up for all afternoon. The last question I want to ask you is how often do you look back and reflect on your career to this point to when you were 12 years old and you were pretty much sworn off of football because you got hurt to when you were in college ready to hang up the cleats to now being a professional football player? Like how often do you reflect on that journey? Um, I probably haven't. I feel like my, my biggest reflection came my first year being um, after my first, my first game I played, it was just kind of like, wow, like, like after, I mean, after like, you know, helmets and shoulder pads, you know, get put up, you know, you go back to your room because at the time I was still staying at the extended stay, you know, I close the door, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, wow, I'm really a professional football player. Like I can remember not even want to play. <laughs> like there's so many, there's so many guys who dedicated their life to this sport, like from an early age and aren't where I am. So like, I'm really just grateful, man, blessed to be able to, you know, do this because, you know, this wasn't in my plans. You know, this was clearly God's plan to not not to be like cliche or anything, but like there, I literally had no intentions of playing football. Like 
ever again. <laughs> so, you know, to re for my dad to like spark that that love again, you know, in me, you know, have that confidence in me, and then and then to take that, and then to to go and end up being a starter in the league, you know, sit out. I, that was my goal. Like I was just like, I'm not trying to, like I'm not trying to be a guy. I'm just like that in anything I do, man. I just don't want to be – I don't want to be number two. Like, I'll be number two on the field. Like, I'll be number two to someone else, to another starter. But I'm not trying to be number two in my position. Like, no, I need to be at my best. I need to be the best little linebacker in the league. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. That's right. That's my goal is to be the best at what I do so that all this – all the people who came before me who who didn't get a chance to – you know, play professional, live out their dream. You know, I don't take that for granted at all. Like, I don't take it lightly. Like, I, I need to. I'm coming at. I'm coming at everybody, every game. I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to make as many plays as I can. I'm trying to I'm trying to turn as many heads as I can. And it's only gonna keep getting better because I'm still learning, and I learn more and more every year I play. And if we have a season this year, you'll see things that you haven't seen me do, or you'll see more of the things that I was doing. It's just kind of how it goes with me. The more I learn, the more dangerous I am. I love that, man. I hope we get the chance to see some of those things this season. But I do want to thank you for taking time to be on this podcast. I want to give you the floor. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at 317KB. You can find me on Twitter at the same handle, 317KB. And if you went to YouTube, go to my YouTube my YouTube channel too. You can subscribe KB productions. Awesome. Yes, I'll make sir. sure I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below. So if people want to check those out, they can thank you once again for taking time to be on this podcast, man. I want to, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody for listening. Whether you've listened the entire way through, you only listen to bits and pieces. I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Everyone do me a favor, go and follow Kevin. Like I said, I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below. Make sure you follow the Reblacks on social media. You can find us on Instagram at CFL Reblacks and Twitter at Reblacks. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider leaving a rating and a review. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.